over a decade of experience in video games, and all he has to show for it is this stupid podcast. It's Behind the Line Radio, with your host, Kinetic, and it starts now. Hello everyone, and welcome to Behind the Line Radio. This week, we're going to be talking about the game that won many, many awards at the IGF and uh, Developer's Choice Awards, Her Story. And this is a pretty, well, Spoonie might call this an FMV game done right, but uh, it, it, almost all of it is one actress videotaping like a, a police interview kind of a thing. So, because acting was so heavy, I brought uh, my resident contact actor back on. Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, so, we both played through this game. And uh, why don't we start with uh, some of your initial impressions, Bill? Well, uh, impressions about the gameplay or... Uh, Gameplay, presentation. Well, the presentation was really, really simple, which is kind of interesting. The sort of part of the setup of the game is that you're dealing with an old information that's old. So everything is supposedly from 1994, which is kind of a interesting way to, to set it up. So the interface of the game is, has got a, it's, it's deliberately clunky, which (laughs) is kind of fun. There are limitations to what you can get, get access to, um, which is both fun and, and a little irritating because it, you have to work around a bunch of different things as you search for information. Yeah. The presentation of the the videos that you're seeing is extremely simple, but really, really effective. It's really fun. Um, and the performer that they have doing it does a great job because there's a lot of different challenges to what they're asking of her. And as you go through it, at first, you're not exactly sure why things why you're seeing some of the things that you're seeing and then they become clearer as you work through the game. And this is in large part because everything you see is out of order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the, yeah, the game's interface is like you're accessing an old police database, but it's a really old database. So it's not set up well. And And it's been translated according to the, to the information you're given that this yeah, is like it was recovered from a, uh, it, it had been damaged and, and was recovered from something. Well, and it's, it's video that's been put on to in, into digital storage, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was damaged by Y2K. Is that what they said it was in the, <laughs> yeah, it might've been something like that. I, I, I have, you played it more recently than me, but I had, I, I have the image of it being like a, fl- a flood or something. Some water damage happened. That could be there, but there was also some mention in in one of the things about the Y2K bug causing problems, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so what what you do is you put in a word and you search for it, and videos that contain that word from what the uh, woman was saying in her interview, those come up. But you're limited to the first five results that are all presented in chronological order. So you want you, you pretty quickly realize that you're getting, you know, in fact, I think they tell you this is taken from five different police interviews or something like that. And it starts the the first thing that pops up is the, the game gives you uh, a search already completed for the word murder. Mm-hmm. And there are four videos right there that you can watch. And each one is from a 
I think those first four are each from a different interview, but it doesn't represent all the interviews that are there. Yeah. Um, and so you learn very quickly that it's uh, someone named Simon has been killed, and that's part of what's going on because that's in the first those first four videos right there. Yeah. So another thing that is a bit different about this game is that you don't really have any avatar in it. It is you, the player, are looking through this information, and it, that's pretty much all there is, is looking through the information. It's it For me, it kind of straddles the definition between... It, 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 it's a little bit like... It's a, it, it, hmm, it, it's kind of hard to explain in, in some ways, but it straddles between almost between a game and a movie because it's almost all all of the content is just that those video clips and you can string them end to end and and more or less make a herky jerky kind of movie out of it but uh, you do have the uh, almost twist a plot nature of trying to figure out how to find more clips how to follow certain uh, plot threads along and in some some ways that can be really fun because there's some threads that show up and you can start to follow them very, very quickly. Um, and depending on what you search for, I have a feeling you could you could probably figure out the plot of what happened fairly quickly. Um, but in a way that's almost antithetical to what the game is about, because the game is about exploration. And the the real thing that makes it satisfying is when you actually type in a search query and you see a new video and you realize oh here's this new piece of information that that process of discovery i almost think that's what the game was shooting for mm. more than uh any demonstration of you know your ability to search or <laughs> you know creating a particularly fascinating plot although the plot is fairly interesting i think it was more about i have a feeling the creator's at some point realize the fun of the game is the search and discovery. Yeah, this is this game actually I, I you say creators there there was pretty much just one guy behind this. Uh, I I believe he'd taken uh proceeds from his career to that point and just had this crazy idea and uh uh wanted to see it through. Um I mean he, th there was help and I think there was some some like Kickstarter backers and stuff so there's and, you know, contracting out for sound and certain other effects, and, of course, the actress. But in terms of development, I think it was pretty much just a one-man show. Which is pretty impressive, given given how carefully it has to be scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we had talked about that earlier. I think one of the most significant challenges in this was the writing itself, because you would have to pepper in certain terms all throughout so uh, to show up in all the different little video captures and uh yet because the mechanic is that you're limited to five of the earliest results for what you're searching for there would have to be some that have more than five some many more than five some less than five and the exact distribution of that to lead you from one term to another would definitely be difficult to to get right i mean if if the game was released and that was not carefully paid attention to uh then there would be a whole lot of people getting about th three or four searches in and just running around in circles and not knowing what they're looking for yeah i would think it would be interesting to see because i'm sure there's somewhere in the notes the development notes 
a, a chart or whatever it is of how that was determined. Um, because, you know, some, some of the searches you'll put in, like the first, first search that, that you want to put in really is the name Simon, because that's the person who was killed. And I think that calls up 61 Mm -hmm. different video clips, but you can only see the first five. And (laughs) at which point you go, huh, I'm definitely going to have to narrow this down a little bit. Going to have to find some other way to, to follow some other, either some other thread to follow or some other way to follow Simon, because you can narrow the searches down by adding more descriptors and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, the searches in this game are you can search for a single word. You can search for multiple words. You can search for a phrase, uh, but you cannot exclude a term. You can't say, like, video that includes Simon but not murder. But you can look for something that includes Simon and murder. Or you can look for, say, quote, Simon's murder, unquote. I'm not even sure that one's in anything, but you can you can search for the whole phrase. And it goes through all of the words that uh, the actress says. I, I'm going to guess that the search is based off of importing the script that she was uh, performing. Uh, and, and you also have subtitles, so you can make sure everything's completely clear. Um, there is another feature where you can like pull videos down and store them in another field for later. I'm not even exactly sure what that did. It's it's uh, uh, how you use it was not made clear, and it also wasn't entirely necessary. When yeah. Also, run- mm-hmm. the, anytime I had anything down there, I couldn't figure out how to get rid of them if I wanted to put something else down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every and anytime I tried to do that, I ended up exiting the game and coming back, which is a bit of a disadvantage actually because each session in the game if you've watched a video the there's an icon on the video that tells you whether you've seen it or not and so that icon changes back to oh you haven't seen this video yet and so you go and when you watch it you go oh i already have seen this one (laughs) yeah it's um I, i i've ran into the same problem uh, I tried to, to clear those out, and actually the thing that you hit when you think you're trying to clear them out is actually resetting your gameplay progress. The, yeah, the, there Which is a way to leave and come back without doing that, but I don't know how to clear things out of that tray without resetting all of your game data. Yes, and that was a, that was confusing. And there were a couple other things that there were... It was a game where you kind of wish there might have been a couple of more Easter eggs, mm-hmm. and maybe there are that we didn't find. But it was so the process of discovery would have been nice if you could have broken it up every now and then by, oh, I've discovered this other thing. Because what you're looking at on your computer screen is supposedly the desktop of this fairly comparatively primitive computer system from early law enforcement, what have you. And it kind of makes you wish that, oh, I wish I could sort of like there was something else to see here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've got uh, a couple of readme text files that kind of explain how the system works, and uh, a, a database checker that lets you. It, basically, it's a progress meter, so you can see how many videos you have seen and how many you haven't yet seen. And it shows you what order they're in order in the database checker, so that right. if you've seen the very first one, that one will disappear. But you don't necessarily know, unless you check the database checker every time, which one you just watched. Yeah, there's timestamps on them, so if you paid a whole ton of attention, you could figure it out, but it, that would, that, I'd, I never wanted to do that. 
every now and then I, I would notice the time stamp from the standpoint of if I happen to watch two in a row that looked like they were really close together and I would use the timestamp because you can see it without actually watching the whole video. When you walk, pull up the video icon, it you can read the timestamp. I would sometimes just compare them really quickly and go, oh yeah, this does one. This is one right after the other. Yeah. Um, there's also the ability when you open up a video that you can type in additional tags on it. So if you wanted to, I, I don't think they ever said the word pizza. And if you wanted to put the tag pizza on something, then you'd search for the term pizza and it would come up just the same as if uh, uh, the actress had said the word pizza. So you can you can make sort of shortcuts as you try to piece things together yourself. You'd be like, okay, this this involves uh, 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 Simon's job. Okay, this involves Simon's family, or the uh, you know I don't know. Uh, but uh, you you can add whatever you wanted to try to track these things. Which I didn't end up doing much myself. I I didn't end up doing a whole lot of that either. Basically, I was trying to put in. Uh, date tags that you could search by and uh, by the end I, I really didn't need it either well given that there's only you could certainly learn a lot uh, if you were taking careful notes and I mean depending on your your personality and how you like to play games if you're one of those people who likes to be very meticulous and take notes and all of that good stuff and you really like an investigator basically which is what it's trying to put you in the in the seat of an investigator um you could find all sorts of interesting information and there's information in the game that is of a potentially ambiguous nature absolutely that you might want you might want to you could probably go back and look through it and re evaluate your uh sense of some of that information yeah but you there, there's and we had a discussion about this there's certain things that you can interpret one way or another uh uh depending on how you read some of the stuff that was said and um depending on if you think something was being literal or figurative or or what have you and to some extent i think that might be a shortcoming of the game where uh, there's only a few of these things, and there isn't so much that you can dig a lot deeper into and start cross-referencing. Uh, like a certain... I mean, there's a few things, like a thing with uh, coffee cups um, that, that you could try to follow through, but it's really hard to f just search for that individually. I don't, it's... I feel like there could have been more sort of sub-threads that you could kind of start digging into and comparing to. I mean, not not that I think that, that that'd be easy. I mean, already the writing for this is, is a pretty impressive feat, for certainly for a video game, and for well, one guy. But Yeah, and I, I said the same thing, that I thought some of the... Some of the things that you could discover just by comparing the different videos were almost a little obvious. Like you were just mentioning the coffee cup uh information that you could find there were there were a little there were some pieces of information that as we get into the plot it'll become clear why were almost too easy to spot um mm -hmm. particularly given the nature of what it is that you're trying to discover you know which is something that's obviously somebody is trying to hide well the the characters 
responsible for hiding it seem like they would be better at hiding it than some of the things that are are available for you to discover if that makes mm-hmm. sense without trying to give away any plot yet <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll do spoilers later we'll, we'll, we'll yeah we're gonna go in depth into the plot later um yeah there but there, there were even some little easter eggs in there where sometimes if you watch a certain it seems like it's triggered by a particular video um or maybe particular words in videos where uh, after you watch it, there will be like a little flicker and you see a reflection of um, this is as close as the player has to an avatar, but you see a face reflecting on the screen or um, police sirens will kind of blare in the background. Uh, I've seen it uh, theorized that uh, um, this is based on, say, if you find something, a video that is particularly relevant to the nature of the crime, then you get the police sirens. Or if there's something uh, particularly poignant to the character itself, then you'll see the uh, face flicker on the screen. It was interesting because there were it, it got to a point once you got into the rhythm of it, you could almost predict when that face flicker was going to happen. Hmm. You, I, at least I felt, and and there were sometimes sometimes where you were still surprised, but there there were a couple times where I I thought, oh, the face is going to flicker now. Hmm. Oh, guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Different valuations of the information I just discovered. (laughs) Mm. So here, let me, I I said this, this won five awards in one night. So why don't I, why don't I um, tell you everything that it won first? and, And this was technically, this wasn't five awards in one award show. It was two award shows that happened back to back. It was the IGF awards and uh, the Game Developers Choice Awards. So let's see here. Um, at the IGF Awards, trying to scroll through things really quickly here, um, the Her Story won the Seamus McNally Grand Prize. It also won Excellence in Narrative. And I believe that's all it won in the IGF Awards. Yeah. And uh, the other awards were uh, Student Showcase, um, Audience Award, Technical Excellence, Excellence in Design, Excellence in Audio, Excellence in Visual Art, and the uh, Nuovo or Innovation Award. Then we've got the Game Developers Choice Awards, where it won Best Handheld Game, because there's an iOS version of this. Um, oh, that would be probably the most interesting thing that I've ever seen anybody play on a handheld device. Yeah. Uh, excellence in writing slash best narrative. Uh, game innovation spotlight slash innovation award. And the other awards in the show were uh, best debut game, excellence in audio, excellence in design, best technology, excellence in visual arts, uh, and game of the year think i'm getting everything there so yeah i mean i've been saying i think this game is good i'm not sure it's five awards in one night good in fact at these award shows when the the final uh developers choice awards uh game of the year winner was up for the witcher 3 they said oh man that was close i thought her story was going to win again uh despite the fact that it was not nominated in that category (laughs) well one of the her story that... actually won everything it was nominated for, and 
when I was attending that, it, it struck me as a bit odd because I had never played the game before. And the crowd reaction whenever her story was mentioned was a lot more muted than some of the other nominees in some of their categories. Well, some of those some of those categories that it won, such as excellence in narrative, I don't think I don't think I've ever come across a video game that has as well uh, plotted a narrative and as well presented. Um, it's it's really good. <laughs> There's no two ways about that. So yeah. the fact that it would win that is is it, it seems very it's like a no brainer. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not going to complain about winning the the narrative or writing awards. Um, and I can see why it's wouldn't have as big a following as some of the other games that might be nominated for for awards because of the fact that it's it's a one person sit down and play it game. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no there is no viral capacity for this game to take off. Like, oh, I have a friend who's playing this game. Now I'll play and we can play together. And then we get in a you know guild, whatever, whatever, whatever. And now there's eighty of us playing this game against another group of eighty. None of that yeah, happens. It's, it's, there, there's no team. There's not much competition. There's not much competition with the computer. It's very much a there's not even much reason to go back and and play it again. It's it's very much a consumable piece. You go through it and then you're done. But the process of doing that is very unique. And so the fact that it gets that it would have gotten those innovation awards and the narrative awards are absolutely appropriate as far as I can I can tell. Um right. now admittedly I don't have the same background in the industry that you do so you know a lot more about the other games that are out there but um i mean i've played enough video games to go to realize that as i'm playing it i'm going oh this is different yeah and and as simple as it is and this is one of the things i think it's i I think it's really interesting when somebody comes up with a simple but effective idea Mm -hmm. and that's what this game is it's simple and the desire for uh you know for us as as players to encounter more easter eggs or more information or what have you or other pathways in all truthfulness they aren't necessary for the satisfaction that you get from playing the game uh they they would kind of be icing on the cake but you still have a damn fine cake and adding all of that stuff probably isn't the best idea when you're running through it your first time right i mean mm-hmm. If this is your proof of concept or whatever, and you're just trying to make it work, you should make sure that you're actually making it work before you try to add the bells and whistles, which I think is smart on the developer's part. Okay, I want to make sure this is working, make it be what it needs to be in order for this concept to work and people to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was really, in a way, that's really smart. It is, I mean, the minute you start playing it, you'll realize Oh, it's really, really simple, the the mechanics of the game. But the plotting of the game is what makes it intricate and take a, a fair amount of time. I mean, there's hours, there's probably a couple of hours worth of video in that game that you're trying to call oh, your yeah. way through. At least I would say at least two and a half hours. Um and and it's it's also a a, a very strange experience going through this and all of these video clips they're they're each single video clip is pretty much her answer to some question that you don't hear being asked 
that's one of the things that's mentioned in the in the readmes is that the yeah. the video of the detective speaking to her has been lost. Yeah, and I I, I think the only time that I think there's only one place where you hear someone doing anything other than her, and that's some clapping. Yes, uh, there's a you hear doors open once or twice mm. in the background, but that goes back to the coffee stuff that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. There, right? There are people getting coffee and occasionally or or tea. Yeah. Um. So, you, like you you were mentioning like this compared to other games you've played. There's a, there is a couple of other games out this year that are not the same, but they're they're also very sort of story or experience heavy things uh one is called uh the beginner's guide which is um it's a game that's of a type that's been dubbed a walking simulator which is to say you go through a sequence of things and you can interact with a little bit um but most of it is just you're going through this area which sort of drives a narrative of a sort and it has a very sort of introspective feel to it where the premise of this game is that you're someone is showing you all of these little sort of meaningless games that a friend of theirs kept making and uh they are sort of positing what they can determine from the person who made these games by just observing the games and more stuff comes out from of it after that um but it it has a similar sort of I would say it has a similar sort of narrative strength, maybe not the same intricate level of what is required from the writing, because as we said, for her story, you have to have all of these different considerations to help drive the player to, to search correctly. Um, but it does have, a, to me, the beginner's guide has a stronger sense of being able to uh, inspire or trigger feelings in the player. Um, another game that, that was out this year was called That Dragon Cancer. And I haven't played all the way through that. I only played it very briefly at a demo booth at the at the um, GDC show. Um, and this is... Well, the title is That Dragon Cancer. So it's, it's talking about cancer and, and uh, treatment and stuff. And the one portion that I went through started to sort of... Not exactly sure how to explain this, but you're kind of going through things where you're trying to um, deal with cancer treatments and, and so forth. And there's this weird bit where it, it's it's kind of like you're racing and collecting stuff. And at the end, you when you see what you collected, it's it's you know sort of you know anti nausea medication and and so forth. And then after that, like you're um, sort of you know, after a racing game, you kind of have that victory lap animation going while you're looking at the results, the, the carts going in the background, and then the cart crashes, and there's sort of this desolate wasteland-type feel to the building you're going through after that. And that one also, to me, was very effective at triggering feelings in me as a player because it, it sort of gave me the... Uh, impression of, you know, oh, this is cancer treatment. Okay, we're going to try to get through this. Okay, we've kind of got our routine down and we're going to, we're going to get along with it. Oh, nope, something changed. We're going to have it. We're all thrown off now. Um, So those two, I thought 
were very strong in that sense for their narratives. You know, the, the, this is a time where we do have a lot of strong narrative games, and I think those are are worth bringing up to compare them to her story, where they're they're. The Beginner's Guide has strong writing to trigger feelings, but not that sort of intricate nature. That Dragon Cancer has uh, less narrative and more presentation. It's more interactive than the other games, and in that case, there's a, the, the interaction seems to be um, very key for how the game is to trigger those feelings in the player. So just a few comparison points I wanted to, to bring up there. Should we start talking about the plot? (laughs) Sure. Okay, so for those of you interested in playing her story and don't want it to be spoiled, because I'm going to warn you right now, if we spoil it for you, there might not be a whole lot of reason to play it. You should turn off this podcast now. uh, Really? Do it now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there's, There's also really no good way to talk about the plot without creating spoilers. Right. So we've given you pretty much all you can. If you're going to go to this game just for, you know, a game experience, you're not going to be satisfied. It's not much of a a challenge game. It's a bit more slow paced. I don't want to say cerebral because that sounds snooty, but um, it's uh, it's just kind of a, a, a thinky searching kind of an experience. It's almost like the puzzle games that you would find in in anything from Zelda to, you know, what have you, where but it's one giant version of that as you're searching out the information. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. So if, if you haven't already turned off uh, this podcast and you want to do it, it's your fault. So we're going to start spoiling stuff now. Woohoo. Okay. So what's her name, Hannah or Eve? (laughs) 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 She might be two people. She might have two personalities in one head. I know you believe the former. I'm kind of fond of the latter myself. The process of discovery leads you. I mean, you can you can find the names pretty quickly, and there are a mm-hmm. lot of different uh, metaphors that run through the 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 narrative. Fairy tales, the Rapunzel metaphor is everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 orphan child raised by a a stepmother or non-mother caretaker trying to be brought back to their rightful place in the world or that that's a real strong one in there lost twin mm -hmm. and it's uh there are a lot of hints that you're dealing with a twin that was as as it's described if it is a twin the twin was born with the cord wrapped around its neck, the twin was not expected by the parents, and the midwife claimed that the second child was dead. And basically, since they hadn't been anticipating it, they were like, hey, we've got one healthy child, we're fine, <laughs> that's good for us. And the midwife basically said, I'll take care of this, and took the child away, and and the child was alive. Um, and in the story, that child grows up with the midwife, like across the street from the actual child. Exactly. And it's never let out of the house because of the fact that she might, I guess because of the fact that she might meet her twin mm-hmm. until, until one day she does see her twin in the window. And at first she thinks it's her reflection, which is one of those search terms that you can get a lot of information from as is 
fairy tales as is Rapunzel. Um, and when you, uh, when she starts seeing her twin, then they start sort of looking out for each other every day. Yeah. And, uh, uh, after that, it's the, the midwife dies after falling down the stairs, which I took to mean as an implication that that child had pushed her. Which would mean it was one of the things that I thought of and would support the twin versus multiple personality mm-hmm. theory. And uh, then moved into the attic of the first girl's house and they decided to live together in secret. And they would switch identities as they cared to. And it's got... Hmm. You, you described this... Uh, I don't want to mention what it reminds me of. Because well, this is spoiler a spoiler. Too. This is a spoiler. We're going to follow Hero Talk rules. Everything's on the table. We got a prestige thing going here. Yes. it It's very similar in that way to this prestige to uh, the extent that they are the two characters are keeping a very detailed diary. And one of the phrases that comes up a lot is to make sure everyone's on the same page. And that was the, one of the phrases that when the diary was described that way multiple times that made me go, Oh, this is, I had already twigged the thought that it might be two twins. And that's what made me realize that it must be, uh, two different people because they're tracking that. Right. And that is um, one of the th- reasons why the, uh, I thought the coffee and tea, uh, issues were a little too easy because these two people have been practicing this for a long time. You would think they would have settled what kind of coffee, what kind of tea they like, because you get, Oh yeah, I like coffee. I want it black. Uh, I want it, uh, coffee, one shirt, su- milk, one sugar, um tea with one sugar uh it's and admittedly you know people like coffee sometimes people like tea sometimes but the way they asked for it prepared you would have thought they would have been able to get on get on the same page about that and that felt a little too easy to me to discover um the first thing the first thing that i thought of when i was when i was trying to consider what might be cues for uh, which is which that we're talking to right now was the hair where is it is it up or is it down which turns out to be not true at all yeah <laughs> though there is one of the interviews where the character is pregnant and has has to vomit and so when she comes back from that her hair is up and that's the only there are some other time some other interesting things that they do in the interviews to help you figure out what the timing is um at one point in one of the interviews, the character is wearing long sleeves and she rolls up her sleeves and you could use that as an indicator. Okay. This is after she rolls up her sleeves. This is before she rolls up her sleeves. Um, none of which is necessary if you're taking careful notes about the, about the timestamp, but it's there. Um, the other thing that's a big indicator that it's two different people is I think the tattoo because the care, one of the characters has a tattoo that we see, and she gets asked about it. And in a previous interview, she doesn't have the tattoo. And there's only two times that you see it because in the other interviews, she's wearing long sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, the only reason she ends up wearing short sleeves in the interview where 
you see the tattoo is because she spills she spills her coffee um which makes sense of the fact that otherwise they wouldn't if it was two people they wouldn't want anybody to see that tattoo that's mm-hmm. one of those things that you can't <laughs> you, you can't really get around the other thing that also made me lean toward the two people is the um bruise that shows up mm-hmm. uh in one of the interviews the character has a bruise it's and it, it's not super noticeable because I'm sure it's deliberate that the video quality is a little bit grainy. Um, but once you do notice, you're like, wait a minute, there's a bruise there. Why is there not a bruise in any of the inter- other interviews? And eventually you can find that information. In fact, all you have to do is, I think, search bruise and it'll show up. Um, and she gives an explanation of it. But then later at the next interview, she talks about having a really fast metabolism. Now, Admittedly, I think the next interview is the next day or two days later, maybe, mm-hmm. which makes it pretty suspicious. Yeah. Also, you'll notice when asked about the bruise, uh, brought her hand to the wrong side of the face. Not yeah, not the the one that uh, the one that is being asked and is claiming that she has a fast metabolism. Yeah, she brings her hand yeah. to the wrong side of her face to indicate where the bruise is or mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> Yeah, uh, some some of that I thought of could could potentially be explained through liberal use of makeup products. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you if you were to to, to uh, you know cover the bruise with makeup and then you know if it was another personality you'd cover it and then the other personality's a little rattled doesn't quite get the side correct or something. Same sort of thing with the tattoo. You can cover a tattoo with. Uh, you you can it's not all that effective <laughs> it's not I, that easy either um, yeah I, i'm just it's something that i had considered uh i was more thinking would you be be able to get the tattoo between the interview where you see that it's not there and the interview where you see that it is without with it having time to heal completely because when you're looking yeah. at it it's, it looks like it's you know there's nothing angry about the skin around it or anything like mm-hmm. that um also, the tattoo, when it's described, the character says, I got it to, I think, to represent my independence, that I'm my own person. Something along those lines, yeah. And there's an event. What happens in the narrative is eventually the two characters have been living living their lives together, including... Basically living the, the two of them living the one life. Living the one life. And then eventually the the Hannah character falls for somebody and no longer wants to share mm-hmm. to the extent that they're not supposed to sleep with anybody because if they get pregnant, that's a problem. How do you how do you figure that out? But then Hannah sleeps with this Simon character because she likes him so much, does get pregnant. And at that point. She decides she doesn't want to share Simon. She wants her own life with Simon. Well, on top of that, and this is where the the multiple personalities thing gets kind of disturbing. At that point, that's when uh, Eve was desperately trying to get pregnant so they could keep it up. And that's when she contracted an STD, which could, if if it was multiple personalities, could be what caused Hannah's miscarriage. Yes, Though it seems like that would be one of those things that would have come up in the narrative, possibly come up in the narrative, because it's becomes clear that, and I'm not sure if it's Hannah or Eve, I think it's Hannah, gets very upset with how personal some of the questions are 
from the detectives. Um, I think that one was Hannah. I think so, because that's when they were asking about their about the sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve gets a little upset, but for different reasons. Um, she wants to preserve the fact that Simon has some secrets, because at one point they end up talking about they're having gone away for a lover's weekend, and Simon decided to expense it to his company. Mm-hmm. Um, and at which point she says, oh, come on, we just I didn't want to give away all his secrets just because he's been killed doesn't mean he doesn't have to get to have any secrets anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. And I really don't think anybody killed him because we took a weekend. What was it? A weekend in Oxford and he expensed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, kind of made me gear t- more towards the the multiple personalities thing is because to me, it seems like there's a lot more depth in uh, symbolism for that interpretation. Absolutely. Um, because one of the things you'll notice, it's not even in the videos, but there's a, a what is it? Reversi or Othello. There's a copy of that on the, on the uh, computer uh, in the, in the trash can, I think. Yeah. Somewhere in there uh, that you can play, but there's no computer. So you're playing against yourself. That's one person taking two roles within this game. There's also the um, continually bringing up things like a reflection. They they refer to each other as a reflection, mm-hmm. um, which is something like, you know, one thing becoming two things. And the mirror was a big thing at the end. So the idea being that Simon was having an affair with Eve without realizing the relationship between Eve and Hannah. Hannah figured this out because Simon had given each of them uh, a a mirror, a a little handheld beauty mirror type thing. Which was what he did. That was part of his job. Yes. That he had made. It was a glazier. And um, Hannah was so upset by this. Well, actually, it was... Hannah received the mirror. Hannah found a wig that Eve had been using to distinguish herself. Put well, it on. Is it? Hang on. It's a little bit more complicated than that. And that's where okay. this is. This is where the story is kind of cool. Yeah. Because the whole thing revolves around a birthday that Hannah and Eve are celebrating, and this is when the when the sort of everything goes pear shaped for them right. or her, depending. And so they get together to celebrate their birthday. Well. Eve is met or meets Simon after she's moved out. She's finally moved out of uh, Hannah's house after Hannah has moved in with Simon and Simon's parents. Eve has been supposedly living in the attic with their parents in the same house, but somehow how long that lasts is a little weird until, suspiciously enough, the parents die and it's deemed an accident and food poisoning because their father was a would gather mushrooms and had gathered death caps supposedly and that that is how they died by eating death caps at which point she decides eve decides she's going to get out go out into the world so she starts wearing a wig she's playing in a band at a pub and that at, at which point simon meets her and basically seduces her not wearing his wedding ring, never mentions that he has a wife, and they start an affair, Eve becomes pregnant, and she shares that information with Hannah. 
on their birthday. Hannah's upset because Hannah, after her miscarriage, is no longer fertile. She can't get pregnant. And after Eve had tried to get pregnant to match Hannah when Hannah was initially pregnant and failed, Eve had assumed that she also was infertile. But now she's pregnant. Hannah decides, okay, I'm going to tell Simon about this and we are going to have you in our home and we're going to raise this child together because that's the most important thing. And that is an, a, a theme throughout as well, that family is the most important thing and therefore this baby is the most important thing. And Hannah and Simon, bef I think before, I'm not sure exactly, I'm not remembering perfectly clearly, but they get into an argument about this and then that's when Hannah dons the wig that um, Eve normally wears and pretends to be Eve. And Simon then gives Eve this special one-of-a-kind mirror as well. And that is how Hannah finds out about it. And that's when Hannah gets a little crazy. And uh, I don't even think it's... I think the, the implication is that it's not deliberate, but she basically... But while trying to keep Simon away, she has the mirror in her hand. It breaks, and she slices his throat with it. Yeah. Eve, according to her story, has, after having heard about, I guess there was an argument between... She's upset about the whole situation about, is Han Hannah going to expose her, etc. She jumps into the car that basically Hannah and Simon own and drives off to Glasgow, and she's there overnight. She gets into a small fender bender. She's worried about the baby. She goes to the hospital, and they tell her everything's fine, which is a little bit of a plot point because of the fact that they talk at one point about the fact that Eve is not as good a driver as Hannah, and in fact, Hannah had to pass the test for them. Mm -hmm. um, and Eve doesn't even have a driver's license with her when she's in the accident in Glasgow. And then when Eve comes back, she finds Hannah in the room with the corpse and they have to do something about it. That's one of the things that makes me think that it is two different people because of the fact that there are facts in the story about being in Glasgow that are checkable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she went to the hospital and she says, you know, check, I wasn't there. I was in Glasgow at the time. And and Hannah is using that as her alibi right uh the fact that she eve was in glasgow so how could she have been in two places at the same time and that's one of the things that makes me lean toward as fantastical as it is i like the idea of it being possible to have somebody live in your live in your attic and you know i just think that's creepy but fun <laughs> mm -hmm. um and that's one of the things that makes me lean toward it being twins and something a little bit stranger that way more prestige than fight club let's put it that yeah way. that's the exact same comparison i was going to make um yeah i i just there's definitely apparent from what you hear her say because she all we hear is what she says and she may not be the most reliable source for information here um there is definitely a lot more verifiable information to support the idea of there being two people However, we don't know that it's been verified. That's true. Um, on top of that, we um, 
I th- like I said, there's just a lot of symbolism that to me feels really at home with the idea of it being, you know, the Fight Club style, multiple personalities. Well, there uh, is another one of them. Another one of them I wanted to mention was the the repeated mentioning of, you know, being in the attic. Mm-hmm. One of the first times I heard that, I was thinking, do you mean physically in the attic or is this another term to be like hidden away in the mind, you know, upstairs? Um, one of the first video clips I found kind of talking with uh, one of them talking about the other as two people was the clip where she was saying that she was holding the other one's head down in the water trying to kill her, uh, which kind of struck me as just trying to do away with another personality rather than physically trying to assault and murder another person. But uh, uh that's just kind of my interpretation of it there. Well, and there's also the fact that at the end in the in the final interview where it's where Eve is spilling the beans, she says, "Now, well, my other sister, my sister's gone now." And there's no yeah. explanation, there's no, "Oh, this is where she went, this is what she did." It's just she's gone, mm-hmm. which yeah. is one of the one of those things where you could just be like, "Uh, hmm, eaten by the other personality perhaps." Because in yeah. that final interview, the character of Eve is very self-possessed, is mm-hmm. very, I mean, she and she is the more outgoing, the more, um, the more socially adept of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit more noticeable in that last interview. She has a, she plays with her interviewers a little bit to the extent that she says, she says things like, you can't arrest me because I don't exist. Um, because, you know, if she, if she really is somebody who was never recorded as having been born, then how do you arrest somebody like that? I'm, I mean, yes, you, you can, obviously. But it's an, interesting, it's an interesting conundrum. And then she goes on and talks about the fact that, well, everything that I've been telling you, these are all just fairy tales, referring back to the fairy tale imagery, the Rapunzel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Which does, on that level, support the idea of it being one person sort of divided. Um, and it there are a couple other things that could just be like the fact that the Eve character, who is the one who is now pregnant, is the one who who has to throw up, and the other one the other one doesn't um, in the interviews. I mean, that could all be psychosomatic. Um, but it just on occasion it feels more. I feel like I feel almost as though, well, let me actually say something as opposed to just starting phrases and not finishing. <laughs> um, in a way, it doesn't really matter which interpretation you prefer. The fact that both are so easily supported is actually very brilliant on the part of the writer. So kudos again. And it it might be more of a reflection of you than the game. <laughs> mm. And I think that's one of the interesting things about it. I noticed the word that I used, reflection, which is mm-hmm. so essential in the game. Um, so that you can kind of learn, oh, and in fact, how you search the game, you could learn a lot about yourself. I, I thought it was interesting that one of the first terms that I searched was fairy tale, because I personally am fascinated by narratives and the idea of fairy tales, etc. Just like, oh, I'm going to search that one because it came up pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um and in fact i think it's in one of the very first videos that's already called up for you 
Yeah, when you look up murder, it brings up one clip from one of the last interviews. It's like one of the, the last clips like, of the Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, and all these stories we've been sharing is just that, stories. And so that I did that too. I, I went to that and I searched for story or stories and uh, got the uh, introduction to Rapunzel. And it's and it's very it, it, there's a lot that you can discover by following story slash fairy tale etc. There are some other terms that are pretty interesting to start following as well. Um, parents because you have both Simon's parents are involved and her parents is interesting. Um, you can also you can try following the names, but they end up almost they're almost useless because of how often they show up um simon is, some of them some of them yes yeah, some of them no simon is so common eric is, who is the name of simon's boss is really really common shows up a lot um but if you come across like what are the names of the the simon's parents once doug and elaine or something like that um those aren't that common and you could probably find those pretty find a fair amount of information around those um, and then there's, but then there's also the, don't search yes or no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. For some reason, because for some reason they included, it's kind of interesting, but they included a series of clips that are just one, each clip is apparently one response to one question. Yeah. And there's a sequence where Eve is taking a polygraph. And so she's answering yes or no questions and each clip is yes or no. Yeah. That, that, those are ones that, uh, almost require you to be at, uh, uh, kind of a jerk to as a player to be able to find them because there's a, a kind of a cheap way to make sure you see all of the content and that's because while you can add extra tags to a video there's a word that's never in any videos and is a default tag on all of the uh all on each of the video clips and that's blank and when you open up the videos you don't necessarily realize that it's tagged that because it'd be like you know, uh, you open up a field and there's some of that text that says, you know, enter text here. And you think it's just kind of a default thing. No, that's actually a search tag on each of the videos. So if you want to watch it, you just search for blank and then delete it from the videos as you watch them. And and uh, you'll be able to get through everything. And you'll be able to see them all in order because it calls them up in chronological order. Yep. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a jerk thing to do, but it works and that's probably the only way you'd be able to get through those polygraph videos it's all i i I don't know but it seems like it might be the only way to well there's got to be another way but it's well i i suppose if if everything that had the word yes you then uh no no that wouldn't work either no i'm not entirely sure yeah it would be hard to get to i found myself as i was going through the game thinking this is going to be difficult to find everything <laughs> because yeah. as you're watching the um, database fill up with the stuff that you've watched, it's so scattershot, you know, and you're not, I wasn't going back after every video that I watched to go, oh, okay, that went there, that went there. I would watch a few videos, do a couple of searches, be inspired to, oh, I want to search Ouija board now, or, oh, I want to search out twins. And when you do that, you know, and you go back and you go, oh, okay, you know, I watched a few more. Um, but it's so scattershot that it's really hard to keep. Half of the fun of the process is you piecing it together in your head so that you go, okay, this is what happened. 
And very early on, I got to a point where I was like, okay, it's got to be two people or something like that. Multiple personalities, two people, not sure which. Yeah, you figure you 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 clued onto that one pretty early. Um, now, and some of that is due to actually what the actress is doing, because mm-hmm. that murder clip that you referenced earlier about we're just telling stories, she is very different in that one than in any of the other ones in that murder sequence. Then there's only four videos, so it's very noticeable. And when I first watched that, I thought it was bad acting. I was like, oh, that's so over the top. She's just an evil person now and blah, 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 blah. Until you start to develop the context and then you realize, oh, okay, there's a reason that she's so different. And it's not just the difference in where she is in time in terms of the plot. It's the difference in personality. And the Mm -hmm. further you go, the more you start to see, oh, okay. And there are some tiny little things that you see that that are different. Um there is a point where in two of the interviews where she she asks the same question she sees it the camera and she says is that recording and then the very next day she asks it again mm-hmm. and the way she asks it is kind of interesting cuz in one it's it's Hannah and it's it's the question of oh is that recording oh i'm kind of shy about it and in the other one she says oh is that recording and she makes a reference to what I assume is a TV show in Britain. Uh, well, if you put me on, you've been framed or something. you've been framed or whatever. I want the money. And she's sort of reveling in the idea of being on the camera, which is really interesting. Now, admittedly, when you find those two different clips, it's very clear. Oh, this is two different people because she for she didn't know that the other one asked that. Um mm-hmm. But it also becomes clear because of the as you look back because of the difference in terms of how she responds to the fact that there is a camera there. There's yeah, also there... uh, a moment speaking of the same question. She gets asked the same question by the detectives. Mm-hmm. On, I was about to mention that one on two different days. And if you watch those videos, and it's very likely that you'll find them in the same group because. The answer There's a lot is of the same words verbatim <laughs> and it's yeah. really interesting to watch. Um, and what if you've already found out about the diaries, then that moment you're just like, whoa, <laughs> and I and one of the one of the video clips that comes after that is her being defensive because the, apparently the detective asked said that it sounded like a rehearsed response. Well, it's interesting because it's a it's yet a third day that that happens. It's it's the third day that she's in. It's a, th- a third interview. It's one interview she gives the answer. Sec- second interview she gives the exact answer, exact duplicate answer. Wait, and I watched that video all the way through to make sure it was exactly the same. And then it's a third interview when she's being asked about having a twin. Mm-hmm. And she's denying that. Oh, or if well, but but it was after she gives that uh, sequence the second time, she gets indignant at the idea that it was a re- rehearsed response, and yells, "If you ask me the same question, I'm going to give you the same answer." Yes, which I thought was pretty interesting. Even though even though the the second time she delivers it was a lot more rote and less reflective, and it seemed almost like. She well, in a way, you could defend that by saying, well, she's already been asked the question. So she's like, OK, I you know, she's somebody who has like an eidetic memory or something. She would be delivering the exact same 
words in the exact same phrasing. Of course, if she had an eidetic memory, she wouldn't have gotten what the, the, the side of the bruise was on wrong. Yeah, no, there's exactly. But <laughs> there's a and there's a million other things that wouldn't have happened either. But it's one of those things that you can defend it by saying, oh, well, she was already asked this. So she remembers. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, you can you can read into the different delivery. Mm hmm. So the I mean there the, there's a lot interesting going on in this game. Um, I mean even I I didn't have the same eye that you had to the performances, and I I I was one of the things after I went through this game I was really curious about your take for the performance itself because there was a lot of little things that that you had to uh, I I'm sure the performer had to put in there to to try to to convey things without saying them. You had to have a lot of uh, less obvious cues in there in terms of performance and presentation. And a lot of it, because you're watching everything out of order, um, a lot of it is not even going to be noticeable like, oh, this is what happened and that's what happened. A A lot of it to me was noticeable in retrospect after I'd sort of figured everything out and I thought, oh, I mean, even even what I mentioned earlier about the question about the camera and her response to it, that doesn't even that didn't even come to me. It, it, it could it's subtle enough that it could be one person in two different moods, mm-hmm. but it's big enough and lines up with how the two different characters are described that you realize, OK, yeah, no, that's why it was done that way. Oh, that reminds me of another another point for the multiple personality. The Fight Club interpretation was the tap code. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there was there was one portion where uh, I think it was in that last interview where she explains that they would talk to each other with a code of tapping so they didn't necessarily have to, you know, one of them wouldn't have to come out of the attic to expose themselves. Um, and yet there was one interview earlier. It was something like uh, uh, she was saying, oh, Hannah, 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 why are you talking about Eve? Or I think that was it. And well, I think the implication dives her head down on... in the room. Mm. And I think she has it's right after she told the story about wanting to drown her friend Eve. Right. And then she puts her head down on the desk and start each each hand starts tapping on the table different patterns. And I was very curious to know whether it was two different things, two different like a, a conversation or if it was uh, maybe it would it had been one phrase that she was tapping out. It's hard to. It's hard yeah, to know, I, mean, I don't there, know what the tap code is, and it's not Morse code, yeah. so I, I don't think there really was one. It was just some a, another little thread put in there. I don't think it necessarily there wasn't. I mean, there was pretty much only two examples. There wasn't any code that you could decipher from it or anything. So. But I thought that they mentioned that it was a particular code that already existed that they were taking advantage of, which made me think that you might be able to look it up and figure it out. Um. Yeah, they they mentioned that they got it from a book. I am I didn't I didn't try to look it up, but I got the impression that this was just a plot device that was made up for the game. I could be wrong though. I have not looked it up. And clearly, neither have I. But I would be curious <laughs> to know what it what it said. Yeah, that's I I suspect there was nothing there, but anyhow. But yes, the fact that it's two separate hands. Well, if it if it is an actual, if you can interpret what's being said by those taps, then it very possibly, <laughs> who knows, it could completely change your interpretation one way or the other. Yeah. 
but you know, uh, I am I am Hannah and Eve. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. I am Tyler. And, and and even then, you know, they had the um, each of those uh, talking about reflections and mirrors and such. Each of those names, they they made a point that each of those names was a palindrome. Mm-hmm. And there was a possibility that somebody wanted to be named Ava. There was another, and that was AVA. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember who that. It might have been the first. It might have been the pregnancy that Hannah had with Simon. But yeah. But no, the game is the game is pretty darn fascinating. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And clearly, it, it, going through it and seeing stuff, it gives you stuff to talk about. Um, I, I believe that it was intentionally designed to leave ambiguity between the Fight Club and the Prestige interpretations of mm-hmm. it. Um, was there anything else I wanted to bring up about this? I'm not sure. I think we hit everything that I had in mind. This is because we are brilliant. <laughs> yes, sure. I'll, let's we'll roll with that. <laughs> or lucky, who knows. So if you've listened to all of this and you're still interested in trying the game for yourself, yeah, it's available on Steam. It's not expensive. It's it's like 6 bucks, so, you know, it's, it's hardly going to break the bank. Um I I kind of like games like this which are are experiences. They're trying to show you something different, trying to put you as a player as the audience into a different position. And this is something that even though this game is kind of almost just a mo- part of a movie or something because it's it's all watching video clips it still pulls you as the player into a a different role into a different headspace than a, an actual film could you ha- you still have to play an active participation role in this which i think changes uh, the experience of it significantly. Oh, and that uh, that does remind me of something else we uh, we should mention uh, is that when you see it, it doesn't require you to see all of the videos. I think it only requires you to see certain videos. Um, but at, there is an end to the game, and it's not seeing everything. It's it's finding information, and then you get sort of like an instant message chat come up, and. What it does is it's like, are, are you doing okay or something? And, and it it's kind of a clunky interface where you have to type the, the Y key, the E key, and the S key, and then enter. You can only respond with yes. And then it, uh, whoever's on the other end asks you if you know why your mother did what she did. I think it's, do you understand why your mother did what she did? Something like that, yes. And uh, then you have to type Y-E-S... And uh, then they say they want to meet you somewhere and sign off. Did you ever but, try uh, typing no? You're not. You can't. You can't. No. You. I think when I did that the first time, I just started smashing my keyboard, just like hitting whatever. And then eventually, you know, <laughs> you do something like that. You hit Y, then you hit E, and then you hit S. <laughs> I like the careful, thoughtful... Hmm, it's very Fight Club-esque sort of cerebral <laughs> approach. And then, hmm, this is not working. Ugh, smash keyboard. Well, you know, if if there's no prompt to exactly what they want and you're typing the keyboard and nothing's going on, you just start hitting other keys, you know, button mashing. Mm-hmm. But I, like, so, I like that juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, so uh, apparently you as the player is trying to look back to find out why your mother killed your father. And that would be the face that you see when you have a certain 
reflection come up. In fact, those videos, I'm going to guess that, that the videos where you see your face reflected on are, are the ones that uh, uh, sort of reflect on the... There's that word again. And you see a reflection of your face in it. So continuing theme of, of uh, uh, symbolism there. Um, sort of reflect on your nature as the child of this woman. Whereas the ones with the police sirens are the ones that uh, reflect the nature of the crime. But I haven't gone back to check that or cross-reference or anything, so I'm just guessing here. And that would be pretty difficult to do. <laughs> I also went through it once, and I, I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not particularly interested in doing it again. At least yet. I, You know, more time goes by, I might want to check it out again. It might be one of those things that ages uh, better, or at least you're... Um, observing experience of it or playing experience of it uh uh holds up if you do it again much later but um it's not something that you go through and you're like oh man i can't wait to do that again it's not like a you know again it's not a game that presents you any sort of skill-based challenge so uh would would do, <laughs> would you recommend this game to people absolutely i think it's the uniqueness of the of the experience is worth it if nothing else and that's why I'm not surprised that it would win as many awards as it did because it's in a, the the sense of innovation, the narrative structure is is pretty brilliant. Um, it's it's almost as I said, going to give you a chance to discover more about yourself than about the plot, which is interesting because you, as you realize, oh oh, look at the terms that I'm keying in on here. Everything I've keyed in on is murder, knife, death. Or everything I keyed in on is fairy tale, princess, etc. And it's a fascinating process. Um, I think it's really quite a lot of fun. And yeah, and and also because it's not a skill based game, uh, it it doesn't require like this is something that you could show your parents or something, mm -hmm. and and they would not have any. It's not like you know when you try to hand a a, a console controller to a non game player and. You know, they kind of look at it confused because there's so many buttons and control surfaces on it and they don't know how to interact with it. Mm -hmm. No, they just use the keyboard, type it in. It works just like a computer. Now, hopefully, who, whoever you would be showing this to you would understand the basics of how to search for something. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, it's, it's it should be fairly approachable. Mm -hmm. Now, talking about how many awards it won, I mean, like I said, I, I, am totally, I totally understand it winning... A, uh, a writing award, um, and for the IGF, you know the the uh, grand prize. But like, okay, okay, fine. I, I'm not going to complain about that. I would say that the best mobile or handheld game, uh, I would kind of call that one a bit into question, at least for my own sensibilities. Having worked in mobile, I mean, there's. I, I don't remember which all got uh, uh, nominated for hand, best handheld game, and I certainly haven't played all of them. But uh, having worked in it, I, I think that um, I'd be hard pressed to believe that it would translate super, super well, uh, uh, at least in terms of a, a seamless interface. Because you'd have when you're searching, you'd have to pull up the touch uh, keyboard, and it would kind of break some of the immersion and you know, not that it, I, I think it would be bad. I just, I find it hard to believe that there wasn't a better handheld game anywhere. And its inclusion was, 
its inclusion and winning feel to me like it's an excuse to give it another award. That I can't really speak to, but I can certainly say this. That experience, of the fact that it's such small snippets that you're coming across as you do it, is it's the type of thing that you could come back to repeatedly. Like, oh, I'm working on it. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Oh, I have a break. I have five minutes. I want to. I wanted to search this. Ooh. And I think that experience, if you were experiencing it piecemeal as opposed to just, okay, I'm going to sit down and play this game for, for a while, I think that might have made it a much more interesting handheld game. I don't know about other handheld games, but I doubt there are other handheld games that give you that sense of discovery, especially if you can only play them a little bit at a, at a time. True. Um, it. it... That that is a good point about about taking it piecemeal the way other mobile games do, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not I just something about that doesn't strike me as right, and I've I've done the best that I can to articulate that for today's purposes, <laughs> um, and I I also just find it really weird that uh, this game would win the innovation award for the choice awards, but not for the IGF awards, and I'm. Somewhat curious, though I haven't looked into uh, how the nomination and voting process for each of these goes, and and that might speak to the differences between the IGF awards and the Choice Awards more than anything else. But uh, yeah, not uh, I. I just had to go through these and be like, try to explain why five awards just seems a bit off to me. Because I mean, certainly like. You would know something was wrong if this were nominated for a technical award. It is not. Uh, technologically speaking, this is not impressive. No, it's not. It's not innovative that way. It's, the innovation is the plotting and how you are interacting with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to talk about for this game? I think that's about it for me. Okay. Well, then, entering the end portion of our show, this is where... Um, we like to tell a bit of stories from our professional experiences. And, and Bill, when you were here last time, you gave a story. I usually, I try to be fair and trade off with people. So if you don't have anything prepared, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick little story from, from my past. You go ahead. I have something really quick that I can share, but uh, go ahead. Oh, mine's pretty quick too. Um, there's a, <laughs> the, <laughs> this is another thing where I absolutely cannot say the name. I had one of these recently with uh with marco where we had to do some some quick rewrites because uh, like the name is everything and the name is is very uh distinctive but um we hired one guy uh to test for us and he like i said this is a really quick story but it was it was strange because we're in qa we have to fit a fairly large amount of people into a, a fairly small amount of space so we had these uh, desk tables, and for the most part, we fit everyone, you know, relatively comfortably. Relatively. I mean, we weren't crammed in like sardines or anything, but we had these large desk tables. Uh, the kind you'd see at, like, a school that has the plug and Ethernet port at the center, and there's two plugs and two Ethernet ports. We'd have two people sitting there, and that had to make room for their, their monitors, mouse, keyboard, computer, phones, and whatever else they might have. Um, and this guy comes in, we put him in the apartment with, with this, the same normal stuff everybody else has with his, you know, his seat with this much space. 
and he apparently we 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 did what we could to explain the nature of things to him with with what uh, hardware and space we had and after i think it was a couple of weeks he started to complain because he wanted a, a a larger space and a second monitor because that's what he had when he was working at Microsoft or something. <laughs> uh, turn your head to the left and turn to your head to the right and just look at the 60 people around you and uh, how many of them have what you're asking for? And the answer, the, this, this is my reaction. This is not what we told him. Because there were like 60 people in the apartment. And uh, the leads had uh, one of these two-person tables to themselves because, you know, they had a lot of stuff going on. They needed the space. And, you know, they were leads. They deserved it. But uh, no one, pretty much no one else had that much space. And he, he felt like we were really shorting him to, to not have more space and a second monitor. And, and I don't think, did anybody have a second monitor? I don't think anybody had a second monitor at that time. So... It's just, you know, kind of goes to show how the the uh, different working environments are going to give you uh, 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 different tools and materials to work with and, you know, kind of read the room and don't ask for more than everyone else has when you've been there far less time than anybody else. There is something to be said for some flexibility, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to really quickly say that um, I was once working with this guy and this is this is actually about how somebody described him because he was a little bit full of himself. I mean, he was a nice enough guy, I guess. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, I think I think your delivery of that explanation speaks volumes. But uh, somebody else who was involved in the same project described him, and this description. I have heard repeated anytime this guy comes up and between the two of us, we are sort of because we still complain about him and sort of have to explain what the experience was like working with him on occasion. But this other person described him as he's like the love child of William Shatner and Bob's big boy. And it's the perfect description because he's got the same hair as Bob's big boy and the same body shape. And he's as full of himself as William Shatner, which is <laughs> pretty much what he was like. And he would go on, uh, go on, uh, uh, he'd go off on tangents and as we're trying to work on stuff, oh, I did this and this and that. Oh, well, my mentor said and blah, blah, blah. And you would just be like, uh, yeah, we're actually going to do some work now. <laughs> but that I'm, was, I'm gonna... I always thought that description was, was pretty amazing. The love child of William Shatner and Bob's big boy. I don't gonna... know what that means. Look up Bob's big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to presume that he did not have the same sort of uh, potent yet easygoing charisma that William Shatner has. Uh, well, he thought he did. <laughs> uh, I suppose that stands to reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Well, thanks to everybody for joining us for this episode of Behind the Line Radio. Uh, come back to Enthusiasts again next week for the next uh, Behind the Line article, and in two weeks for the next Behind the Line radio. And if there's anything you want to hear me write or talk about, you can always email me at kinetic at enthusiacs.com. That's K-Y-N-E-T-Y-K at enthusiacs.com. See you all next time, everybody.
Behind the Line Radio is presented by Enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, reviews, and more, visit us at Enthusiacs.com. Also, send us a comment on Twitter at Enthusiacs. View us on YouTube, channel Enthusiacs, and like us on Facebook, Enthusiacs. Thank you.